Hello everybody, this is our fourth sermon looking at our series of characters in the Old Testament. Today we're looking at Gideon and we're seeing how God provides Gideon with peace. Our reading is Judges 6 verses 1 to 24. On Sunday evenings we are following a series looking at different characters of the Bible. With so many to choose from, I wanted to come up with a theme that would pull our studies together. A theme that would be helpful and encouraging for us in our lives today. The theme I chose was this, God's provision. Time and time again in the Bible, God calls his people to do difficult things, to endure difficult circumstances. But every time he does so, he always provides what they need. Sometimes what he provides is not what those people expected or even wanted. Sometimes those resources were not provided until the very last moment, teaching his people to really depend on him and nothing and no one else. But come what may, God did always provide. In our first study, we looked at the life of Abraham. We read the story of Abraham being tested. He was asked to give up his son. Abraham met that test and in the last moment as Abraham lifted his knife God provided a ram to be sacrificed in Isaac's place. We thought about how God provided the sacrifice we too are in need of by sending us his son Jesus. In the second study we looked at the character of Jacob. Jacob was a real schemer, a really deceitful man. He'd broken up his family and his own brother was hunting him down. But in his brokenness, God turned up and provided what Jacob needed. Grace. He gave Jacob another chance. He made promises to Jacob that he would never and could never deserve. And as we studied Jacob, we were encouraged by his story because we realised just how lost we would be without God's grace in our own lives. In the third study, we looked at Joshua, the man called by God to lead Israel into the promised land. Joshua was terrified by his calling. He feared defeat and humiliation. He feared disaster. But again, God turned up and gave Joshua what he needed in that moment. He gave him courage. So time and time again, we've seen God provide his people with exactly what they needed in their moment of crisis. As we go on in this series, I will hope we will continue to be encouraged to trust God to do the same for us. As we struggle on through this pandemic, as we seek to share our faith in an increasingly hostile world, we are to know that God will come through for us. For this fourth study in our series, we're turning to the character of Gideon. Here we're going to see God's provision of peace. Now, when we think about peace, we so often describe it in a negative way. We perceive it as being the absence of something. We think of peace as the absence of war. We think of peace as the absence of noise. We think of peace as the absence of fear. In a way, all those three statements are true, but they do not do any justice at all to the way the Bible speaks of peace. Many of you will know that the biblical word for peace stems from the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom has nothing to do with absence, quite the opposite in fact. Shalom is about wholeness. 
If you are living in shalom, living in peace, you have complete well-being. I'd really like us to grasp this right at the start today. When God comes and announces peace to Gideon, he's not just taking something away. He is giving something tangible that makes Gideon whole again. I don't know about you, but I long for peace in my life and I long for peace in the world. I long for peace from the ravages of my anxiety and the struggles I have with depression. I long for peace in the turmoil of the world, ceasefires being made, food given to the hungry, justice to the oppressed. May we all learn from the story of Gideon to start looking for the peace we crave in the active provision of God. Ultimately, if we look to Jesus, we can be assured that in the future, all will be well. I wonder what it is in life that robs you of peace. I've spoken about my poor mental health and predisposition towards anxiety. But what about you? What steals in and takes away your sense of wholeness? Is it illness? Is it regret? Is it separation from family and friends? It'd be different for us all, but it's helpful to be aware of what we struggle with. As we the story of Gideon begins, we discover three problems. Three things that rob Gideon and the people of Israel of the peace they so long for. The problem we encounter first is by far the most serious. It is the problem of sin. The land of Israel lies in ruins. Their crops have been destroyed. The people have been forced to hide in caves and they live every day in fear of their enemies, the Midianites. Everything is in crisis. But here's the thing. It's a crisis of their own making. Listen to verse one. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Then again, after Israel had cried out to God for help, the Lord sends a prophet with an explanation as to why things were the way they were. Listen again to his words in verses 8 to 10. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hands of the Egyptians. I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. Israel have not listened to God. In turning away from his word, they have stopped doing good and begun doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. In the context of the book of Judges, this means specifically that they've forgotten all that God did for them in the Exodus and the giving of the promised land and turned instead to worship other gods. From there, they've begun to act unjustly towards others and brought much damage into the world. The Bible is very clear. Our God is a just God and sin like this just cannot go unchallenged. God has made the world in such a way that there are consequences to our actions. If there weren't, we would just go on destroying his creation and destroying the people he loves, world without end. At the beginning of Judges 6, the behaviour of Israel has been so bad that God has been forced to respond in a robust way. Israel had ignored his pleas, so he turned to the last resort. God allowed an invasion of the Midianites to bring his people 
to their senses. Still today, our sin is perhaps the most frequent cause of lack of peace. Regret, guilt and shame rob us of any sense of contentment. Even if our current suffering is not the direct consequence of our own particular sin, we know that the brokenness of the world today in general is directly caused by the sin of human beings. Our overall lack of peace is a sure sign that the world is not the way it's supposed to be. And the reason that the world is not the way it's supposed to be is because human beings have rebelled against God. They have stopped listening. They have turned to evil. And the terrible news stories we see on our TV and in our newspapers each day are the result. Problem number one is sin. And that is a problem so serious. We don't just need our sin taken away. We need to be rescued from its consequences. The second problem we encounter in the story of Gideon is the problem of human weakness. In God's great love for his people, he does decide to rescue them from their plight. In verse 6, Israel cried out for help. And after reminding them of what they had done, God sets about offering it. Notice there is no explicit repentance mentioned on Israel's part, although that could be implied in verse 6. We get the impression that God steps in because he can stand no more. As he watches his people suffer, he suffers with them. So as soon as he thinks they may have learnt their lesson, he quickly remembers his covenant of love and works to relieve them. We should think of God's discipline in a similar way to the way good parents discipline their children. It is discipline out of love, a discipline with the people's best interests at heart. But for his rescue of his people, God decides on using a man called Gideon. And on face value, Gideon is not your obvious choice. As Gideon is described to us, our initial impression is of just how weak he is. We first meet him in verse 11, threshing wheat. But he's doing it in a very unusual location. He is threshing wheat in a wine press. To the first readers of this story, that detail would have said a lot. It may even have made them laugh at Gideon. You see, you thresh wheat in the most open place possible, maybe even at the top of the hill, where the wind can help blow away the chaff from the grain. You do not thresh wheat in an enclosed space like a wine press, where the structure itself is designed to keep everything together and contained. Gideon then is either one of two things. He is either stupid or he is so afraid of the Midianites he is trying to work in secret. Either way, to the original readers of this story, Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press is a picture of crushing humiliation. Gideon is also not a particularly spiritual man. When the angel of the Lord comes to him at the wine press and calls him into service, Gideon's initial response is to show his ignorance. He asks in verse 13, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? Gideon doesn't understand why Israel is in such a mess. Either he didn't hear the prophet's message in verses 8 to 10, or he just did not comprehend it. 
Either Gideon was not the sharpest knife in the drawer, or people didn't bother to inform him of important news. Either way, it's another sign of weakness. Finally, we see again Gideon's weakness in the response to God's more explicit instruction. The Lord turns to Gideon in verse 14 and says, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Gideon replies in verse 15, Pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. There it is, put explicitly. Gideon is a man all too aware of his human weakness. It is because of his frailty that he has no peace whatsoever about the call God has placed on his life. To be honest, if we didn't know the end of the story, we would have no peace about God choosing him either. Maybe as you sit listening to this, one of the things that robs you of peace in life is a sense of your own weakness. Maybe you're not as strong as you used to be. Maybe you feel like your body is letting you down. Maybe you feel that you don't know enough or understand everything that's happening around you. And maybe this sense of weakness leaves you living with worry and frustration and emptiness rather than the peace you crave. So at the beginning of Judges 6, we encounter the problem of sin and the problem of human weakness. But there is one more still to come. The problem of doubt. As this extraordinary conversation goes on between Gideon and the angel of the Lord, Gideon becomes filled with doubt. Despite God's repeated assurances, Gideon remains lacking in confidence. So much so, in the end, Gideon stops everything and asks for a sign. A sign that what has been told him is really true. And he will not go any further until he has proof. In a very similar way to the famous story of Gideon with his fleece, which we thought about with the children and actually comes at the end of chapter 6, Gideon arranges a little experiment. He will make an offering to the Lord, and as he does so, he wants the Lord to do something that makes it obvious that he really is at work. Actually, if you read Gideon's story, you will discover again and again that he was filled with doubt. Gideon was very human in every way like us. I wonder how big a part doubt plays in your life. I wonder if at times you doubt the future. I wonder if you doubt your value to others and to God. I wonder if you even doubt your faith. I know I doubt. It's another one of those problems that robs me of my peace on a fairly regular basis. And I'm sure many here will be the same. So we've encountered three big problems. The problem of sin, the problem of human weakness, and the problem of doubt. Everything is looking rather bleak. But of course, it is now, right in this moment of crisis, that God turns up and provides both Gideon and Israel with what they need. Gideon goes away and prepares his young goat. He makes his bread and he takes them out to the angel of the Lord. The angel tells Gideon to place them upon a rock. Then in full sight of Gideon, the angel gently touches the meat and the bread with his staff. Suddenly a great burst of fire flares from the rock, consuming everything that Gideon had prepared, and the angel of the Lord disappears. Immediately, Gideon is terrified. Suddenly it's very apparent that it has been God at work speaking to him. 
And in that moment, Gideon fears death. In the Old Testament, it was well known that you couldn't see God face to face and live. And in God's holy presence, Gideon had just made excuse after excuse. He'd hardly conducted himself with reverence. But Gideon's fears were not to be realised. Instead, the Lord speaks again. This time, not through his angel, but directly to Gideon. Listen again to the closing verses of our reading, verses 23 and 24. The Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is peace. And to this day it stands. In his moment of crisis, the Lord reached out and provided Gideon with peace. A peace so profound that it would empower Gideon to act in such a way that that peace could be restored once more to the whole land of Israel. In response, Gideon built an altar, declaring something vital about God's character. The Lord is peace. The Lord is shalom. And that altar stood as a testament to all that saw it, that in the end all would be well. At the beginning of this sermon, I laboured the point that when we're talking about peace in the Bible, when we're using the word shalom, we are not talking about the absence of something, but a very real presence. When God makes peace, he gives us something that makes us whole again. And we are now in a position to see how that works in this context. When Israel cried out in their need, God did not just remove the Midianites from them. He set about offering them forgiveness. By calling Gideon, raising up this judge to rescue the nation, he was restoring them into closer relationship with himself. God didn't just take away punishment. He gave salvation. And that was what Israel needed. Then when Gideon expressed his human weakness, a weakness that was very real, God gave him strength. I love verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior? Gideon? The man threshing wheat in a wine press? You must be joking. But this statement is not just irony, it's prophecy. Gideon would become a mighty warrior because the Lord was going to be with him. Then when Gideon had stated that he came from a weak family and that he himself was the weakest in that family, the Lord said again, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. God was going to give Gideon strength. So much strength, in fact, that all would see that it was God at work and not just Gideon acting on his own. Even in his weakness, Gideon could know true peace because God was with him him and he would never call Gideon into something that he would not provide the power for. And finally, when Gideon was consumed by doubt, God gave him the guidance that he needed. And this was not just a one-off either. By the end of the chapter, God had done it again. In fact, he'd done it again twice through the famous fleece incident. God brought peace into Gideon's life by giving him the guidance he needed when he needed it. God did not just take Gideon's doubts away. He put in their place concrete evidence for Gideon to move forwards upon. 
truly Gideon discovered peace in the Lord. If you go home and read the rest of his story, you will discover that he did mighty things for the Lord, challenging idolatry in the land, cutting down pagan altars, defeating God's enemies. It was from a place of peace that God could use Gideon in an amazing way. And I believe the same can be true for us today. Let me finish by stating that the Lord still wants to bring peace into our lives. He doesn't just want to take away our anxiety. He wants to give us wholeness. God provided the peace that we all need first and foremost in Jesus. Jesus, who came to be known as the Prince of Peace. It is through Jesus that we receive forgiveness for the problem of sin. It is through Jesus and the ongoing presence of his Holy Spirit that we receive strength for the problem of our weakness. It is through Jesus, his teaching in the New Testament and the moving of his spirit in our lives today, that we receive the guidance we need to tackle the problem of doubt. Whatever is robbing you of peace today, turn to Jesus in prayer. Ask his help. And slowly but surely you will discover that God provides you with all you need. After all, this is the God that said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. With those words, we will turn to prayer.